You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Follow me on Twitter at Walker Mail. And of course, you still need to follow Nada on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. Even if he's not going to be a part of the daily portion anymore, it's imperative that you follow him for his Hornets analysis and the game threads making a return. You gonna keep that up, Nada? Um, it, it it really does. That I haven't thought about that. See, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. You know where I'm going. No one else knows where I'm going yet. So therefore, or at least no one listening to this, like ninety nine point nine nine percent of y'all do not know where I'm going. <laughs> so therefore, I'm not sure that is going to be a case where. Uh, Maybe we'll, we'll just say TBD. I, I, I spent like I know 30 you want seconds. to. I know you got that itch. I, of course, there's going to be an itch. There's always going to be the itch to do the Hornets game threats. It really just depends on if I have too much to do in the day job, and the day job's right. going to take over a lot, as you know. As you know, I do know. word. I do know. And you're that. asking me questions you know the answers to, and instead you're just gonna out be out here trying to make me look dumb. Which congratulations, you just did. I got to give you some hell. Your last week on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Fair. This is how I grieve, Nada. This is how I grieve. Okay, I have to try to avoid all of the sentimental. The kingdom feelings. is all yours. Thank how are you grieving? Because I'm <laughs> fine. That's fine. You're right. I am going to be king of the castle here at the Lockdown Hornets podcast. It's also brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliable low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you all right let's get to this hornets game nada it was a rough loss for a team that is three and oh coming into this game you know, we feel pretty I, I would say we feel pretty happy to have this squad right now starting off the, with the best franchise start in um, their history having gone three and oh for the first time ever which is pretty remarkable probably remarkable in a unremarkable way but still nice to see that they were able to get off to a three and oh start they lose yeah. to the Boston Celtics in overtime 140 to 129. It was overtime where the Celtics were able to outscore the Hornets 18 to 7, and it was still close. It was tied at 129 apiece. In fact, they had a 129 to 126 lead. I believe that was off of the LaMelo three pointer that he hit. And then the Celtics would really take over from there, go on to win this game, and give the Hornets their first loss of the season. Your opening thoughts, not on it was what a good you loss saw last night. night. It was a, like, no matter what anyone's going to tell you, this was a good loss. There still are moral victories, even if this is a playoff chase, straight playoff chase, like Terry Rozier said, like Mitch Kupchak said. Like, there are good losses. You, there were a lot of things to like out of this team. It was just this team got exposed for being really, really young. And fortunately, it's better to experience something like that in game four rather than game 84. Like, I I don't see the issue with what happened last night. There are things I don't like, but for the most part, I think second half of the back-to-back, 
no PJ, no Terry. They showed themselves, they acquitted themselves kind of well. Yeah, I think that's important to keep in context is that they don't have PJ Washington. They haven't had Terry Rozier really for the four games that they've played. Terry was kind of non-existent in that game against Cleveland where he was still hobbled, still trying to get over the rust. And then here he is sitting out a couple of other games right after that. So that ankle sprain really is kind of affecting him at the beginning of the regular season. But it's important to keep all of that in context. They lose in overtime to a team that's going to make the playoffs by the end of the year in a game where Jason Tatum was just awesome. Okay. They actually beat Kevin Durant with his excellent shot making ability and they lose in overtime when Jason Tatum is playing as well as he is. You also have Jalen Brown playing a good game in this one and they were able to keep pace. You know, they scored 30 points in every quarter, but the fourth where they scored 25 defense, not nearly as strong in this one as it was against the nets. The first night of their back-to-back games that they had. Now, granted, the Celtics, they had a second night of a back-to-back too, but they played the Houston Rockets. So Hornets going against much tougher competition. Maybe that uh, hurt them as the game went on, but not, I think this game was lost. I, I referenced that overtime series, right? LaMelo Ball hits a three. They're up 129 to 126 in OT, okay? They come down, the the Boston Celtics come down with the next offensive possession. Kelly and Mello don't handle the ball screen between Brown and Schroeder well at all. Jalen Brown, he gets stopped by Mello, but Oubre's over there too. And then Jalen Brown sees a wide open Schroeder on the wing. Bam, throws, throws it up there and knocks it down. Tied 129 apiece. Okay, Hornets go empty handed on the other end. They come back. Jalen Brown is all the way in the corner. So I'm going to try to set this up the best way I can trying to get my Eric Collins play by play shoes on. Jalen is in the corner. Nice. Miles is on Jalen Brown in the corner. Ball is on Tatum and Ubre is on smart. So Marcus smart gives it to Dennis Schroeder on the opposite wing from where Brown is on the corner. Tatum cuts too. And so ball is trying to get back out on Marcus smart. Ubre leaves Marcus smart and goes with Tatum but Bridges comes with Tatum too. So there are a couple of guys on Tatum leaving Brown all alone in the corner. Schroeder recognizes that Brown throws his hand up, skip pass, open three, 120, uh, 132 to 129. And that's where the Boston Celtics would take over and not really relinquish any more of the lead. So you see the two defensive breakdowns, six point swing, and that's how the Celtics are able to win this game. Nada. And, and that was really tough to watch both of those breakdowns lead to a Boston victory. And you're right. Like, again, it, you shouldn't be sulking because of the way that the Hornets lost. It's their first one in four games against a team that is going to be relatively good this year. Um, But you can point to some of the problems that led to the loss right there. Absolutely. The the other thing I would point out is if we're going to talk about this being a quote unquote bad loss, we're going to have to start at the fourth quarter where the team went empty handed a lot. And maybe that's something we'll talk about in second in second section of this podcast today. But That last little stretch was just a lot of people knowing where they needed to be and having a lot of familiarity within the system. And Aime Udoka essentially just putting a little bit of spice and admitting to jump junking up the game. But that last little stretch that you highlighted was essentially the game because right after that three, that that brown three is the brown. um, How would I put this facial? The destruction of Miles oh, Bridges, God. who otherwise had a very, very, very nice game. Like mm-hmm. there, like those that five point swing basically ended the game and just it was a wrap after that. But that 
that's where I would probably tell people this is like this is a growing pain. It's okay to have those kind of growing pains in this stretch, but there was a lot to like. There's a lot not to like. There's a lot to figure out, but for the most part, it's just the Celtics took advantage of the Hornets for being young, and at the end of the day, that you can't necessarily like. There's no way through. There's no well, way and, out and of that except to go like I said, the defensive thing. breakdowns happen. Where, where Miles Bridges will still have those mental lapses with team defense. You know, he he improved a lot last year, but he'll still have them. Kelly Oubre, I've been a little bit critical of his team defense, and maybe it's him trying to communicate with the other guys on the roster. It'll take time. It's only his fourth game with this team in meaningful basketball games, and Lamelo is still trying to learn the game overall. Just his second year in offensively, seems like he's got it pretty figured out a lot of the way, but defensively, he's still going to try to figure it out. And when you make all of those guys try to decide where they need to go, what the best thing is for the team defensively, it's going to put them in some tough situations. It's how the Celtics score 140 in overtime and 120 in regulation. I do want to get to, you mentioned the fourth quarter. I kind of want to talk about some of the game sequences before we get to the box score and some of the other things moving forward. You, Gordon Hayward, man, tough sequence yes. for him at the end of regulation because he does a good job on contesting against Jason Tatum during that fadeaway that's on the short mm -hmm. corner, right? So the Celtics are down by two. Tatum fades away from the short corner, and Gordon does a good job contesting, right? Tatum misses it. And when Gordon looks at the cup after the miss, he thinks maybe Miles or Mello is going to get the rebound, but it's Robert William, uh, Robert Williams that taps it out. So Gordon already leaking to the other end of the court, thinking they're going to get an offensive possession. But Jason... Man, I'm telling you, as soon as he thinks he's going to miss it, yeah. he starts to crash a little bit. And it's those two different roads that they were each taking that leads to Tatum getting the basketball, the loose ball, and then going towards the bucket, getting fouled, hitting a couple of free throws, bang, 122. If Gordon doesn't leak out, which I'm not even blaming him ton nah, for. You can't, because that's part of the... I, but, I mean, a, a little bit. If, if he... If he boxes out Jason Tatum. He's not allowing Tatum to go get that loose ball. He collects the rebound. But if that's their MO, if like, okay, he thinks Miles Romello is supposed to get the board, then fine. They roll out and trying to get a fast one on the offensive possession, but Tatum's able to get it. And again, he gets fouled 122 apiece. And then by the way, like he wasn't done there. The next sequence, Gordon turns it over trying to end. Yeah. You know, so like, yeah. bam, I mean, just a couple of tough plays in a row for Gordon to allow this thing to get in overtime. In yeah, the there was just a lot of mental lapses all around. But of those that you're talking about, the veteran ones are the ones that you really can't have because those are the guys that you rely on to keep their heads. Now, if we're going to talk about Gordon Hayward, there was a lot of the time and Bobby Marks pointed this out. And he's absolutely right. Gordon Hayward has to get more than one shot going down the stretch in the fourth. I'm sorry. I know that they were trying to pick on Dennis Schroeder and Marcus Smart on those switches, and they got baited into them a lot of the time. But at the same time, there needed to be a lot more Gordon Hayward in the fourth. We can talk again. We can talk about it in the second second stanza. But for right now, those like when I think about the mistakes and everything that happened in that fourth fourth quarter where they effectively blew this game, I just there's a lot of this that I feel like it, it goes back to. That can't happen because you're a veteran or, more importantly, they're young and they don't know better. And I think I'm vacillating yeah. between those two things at this point.
Yeah, no. And I think we can both agree, though, to tie a bow on this first segment is that this is not the worst loss in the in a, in, uh, in the world, oh, especially no. when it's the first one of the four game season against a pretty good team. Second night of a back to back. So especially playing tough competition beforehand and getting the victory before that. All right, let's move on to the second segment. But not before I talk to you about direct TV, because you know how familiar this sounds. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. And then you have this other thing that you're streaming your favorite shows on. But you got to go to a different device to watch your favorite sports highlights all the while you're trying to figure out what password goes to which you don't have to do that anymore i want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and it's a great way to finally get your tv together it's called direct tv stream and it brings your live tv and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place that means no more juggling remotes no need to buy another device ever again and the best part is that there's no annual contract get rid of the clutter get rid of the confusion get your tv together with DirecTV Stream, and you can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content does vary by the package. Let's continue to talk about this Hornets loss, although it's not an awful one. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. For right then, I felt like I had some synergy with Mitch, and I felt like, you know what? I'm in these guys' heads. I understand. I talk. I listen. I did all the right things. And then I did you li- what voices feeling- were you listening to? Were you listening to the voices deep within your head saying this is what I think Mitch is going to do? And then you just regurgitated that back onto Twitter. That's what I always do. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Bet online is back and better than ever. It's a new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. You can head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus still on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, not even done there, boxing, UFC, all of that stuff. It's right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your uh, favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Nada, what are some of the other things that you noticed from this team last night going over to the box score? LaMelo Ball scored 25 points, still shooting the lights out, even though I would say he didn't shoot it the lights out against Brooklyn. He was actually attacking more, but every made shot from LaMelo came beyond the perimeter in this game if you don't count the free throws made. So that was interesting to see. Uh, Kelly Oubre scores 19, 5 of 10 from the three-point line, but only 6 of 16 from the field. So only hit one shot that was not a three-pointer himself. Miles Bridges, 11 of 22 from the field, but only 2 of 10 from the three-point line. So some interesting box scores there. Uh, What is something that you wanted to take note of looking elsewhere in this game? Honestly, I kind of want to start with Mason Plumlee. Like the one thing that's where I wanted to go as well. Like, like this is one thing that you put in the back of my head. And I can't believe you and I hate you for it. But I started (laughs) noticing literally the fact that he start whenever I would start hearing whenever I would start seeing him rebound that he's not really sealing his man. You know who took advantage of that last night? Robert Williams. Grant Williams. He did. There were a lot. That was the first night where I saw teams really start punishing the the Hornets for not really sealing their man on the rebound. And we saw multiple times where the Hornets would give up second, third, fourth shots. And this defense, improved as it may be, even though we're starting to realize 
where they improved and who was missing from that improvement at this point. But the one thing I noticed is they started giving back rebounds like crazy. And I don't know if that's a that's a template of fatigue or anything else like that. But if this team this like there is no margin for error. This team has to clean up the boards because they're not that good. They can't run out. They if they're not forcing turnovers and grabbing rebounds and Mason Plumley was chief among them between that and the Poca Plumley as uh, Sam Farmer Sam Farber came up with. It's if, a good line. Like it's a great line. But if you're not if they're not going to do that, if they're not going to pay attention to the little things, they're not going to pay attention to to the little details. This team ain't that good. And that's the team that I was afraid of seeing. That was a portion of like that second half that 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 collapse was a team that we saw last year that couldn't. Yeah, hold I mean, look, the center problem is still here. And and I it's the thing that I disagree with James Borrego on the most in multiple facets of the way he operates at that spot. And it's the fact that he didn't like his center in Cody Zeller when he was here. And Mason Plumley's out here getting 37 minutes, not a. You know, Mason Plumley is out here getting 30 minutes a game. I thought at the preseason show that I did with Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, which you should check out. The guy's awesome. But when I was doing that preview show with him, we both had the same exact number in mind. Like, yeah, he'll probably get like 23 minutes a game, something like that. I thought it would be kind of equivalent to what Cody was going to get. Yeah. But they like Mason better. I mean, the proof is right here. And Nick Richards is somebody that plays 14 minutes. Now, we'll get to Nick in a minute. There were some nice things that he did that actually he, he looked better in this game than he did preseason. Still some problems, but I'll, I'll give a little bit of credit to what Nick Richards was able to he do. Did. That was a fun block to leak out to a miles dunk. That was fun. But with Mason, there are just some times where he doesn't provide any resistance whatsoever. You know, like Cody, Cody Zeller was at least somebody that would get in your way. But I admit his post defense was a weakness for sure. You know, he's not a shot blocker, uh, but he provided some Absolutely, resistance. Yeah. You can't say Cody wasn't physical. His nose would beg to differ with you. So when you go with Mason, it's just like Jalen. Jalen Brown had a drive early in the game where he Euro steps to the side. And I, I swear, not like it's like Mason didn't even move. He's, he just didn't even move to his right. And Jalen's able to score an easy layup. And then what happens? It's just a complete circle. Jalen does it. The He does kind of the same thing without a Euro step late in the game where he goes right by Mason and there's oh, no. just no resistance. That's the problem, man. It, it's just like he got a couple of blocks. He had a couple of dunks in this one. He is more athletic than, from a standstill. You know, Cody probably needed that running start to slam it in people's face back in his heyday. Mason, a little bit more of a lob threat from a standstill right off two feet. Um, really good passer. You know, we've given him credit for that. But yeah, Mason is, I, I just don't know what Borrego sees so differently in Mason that allows him to have this confidence in him compared to some other guys that he's had in the past and really even specifically not a coach. Like, I, 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 here's the thing. I can't disagree with anything you said, and, and, and we haven't even gotten into the foul foul shooting problems that are clearly evident right now where you may not be able to play sure. this guy in the last five minutes of games. And that may end up costing you games if PJ Washington is not available. I do want to, I do worry about it because there are these problems with Plumlee that are starting to arise and you're starting to see the cracks of, hey, this guy, like this guy can't start for you. He's a good guy to have off the bench. Like if you have a Jokic and a Plumlee, that works. If you have, say, an Aiton and a Plumlee, that works. But the key word is 
there's that first name that comes before there and blank and Plumley. It can't be Plumley and blank because I'm not sure it works full time. Like that is a significant problem that can get a lot worse if PJ can't stay healthy or if Nick Richards grows into his into the person that he can be. And yesterday, honestly, was the first time where I could say, you know what? I see what Terry Rozier saw. You know what? I see what James Borrego sees in Nick Richards. And I'm I'm just literally going off a second half. It's like Nick Richards finally realized, hey, if I move my feet a little bit more, if I clean up a little bit of my movement and not be so like mechanical, so robotic, I can do some stuff. And the anticipation and the instincts if they're developing on the fly, he can be the guy that that you could rely on maybe late because I feel like free throw wise, if I'm going to trust somebody, it yeah. might be Nick Richards over Plumley at this point. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and not I'll tell you this. You, you, I mean, you and I both have, have found it kind of hard to to see what they do in Nick Richards. You, you've come around to maybe a couple different times, but for the most part, we agree. I think we can both agree as well. Was Nick Richards better than Mason Plumley last night? I would say yes. In stretches, in stretches, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. was second half, second half, second half Richards was the best big on the floor for the Hornets last night, period. And, and, and I should say this too, just to clear everything up because it's a, it's an oversight on my part, like it, it, going to the 37 minutes for Mason, it clearly PJ Washington not being available for this game had a play in that. And I, I didn't give that enough credit. So I, I should have done that point still remains with him playing 32 against the Pacers. Well, they've got Sabonis and Turner. Okay. That's fine. Still play 28 minutes against Brooklyn. Like, I mean, clearly Borrego, he, he likes going to a Mason Plumley, but yes, of course, granted PJ. Washington not playing in this game. It did lead to more time for him against Boston. And we know that there was some overtime here too. Um, Absolutely. But, but, but you and I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a problem defensively, nada. And that's, that's going to be something rebounding. Yeah. That's going to be something that they're dealing with um, for the rest of the season. And it's going to be, it's going to be a problem just like it has been really the last couple of years. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, But not before I talk to you about rockauto.com because they've been a partner with us for a long time now and deservedly. So we love working with them. This episode is brought to you by rock auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? You don't have to do that anymore. Save time and money when using rock auto their prices are reliably low for every customer and they have everything you need from brake parts tail lamps motor motor oil and even new carpet go explore their easy to use website today find the solution to your auto parts needs and go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or your truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com we got one more segment to go on the lockdown hornets podcast this is Locked on Hornets. Did you just, we got food at home, Alperine Sengun? You literally just, we We're got not food. going to McDonald's, Nada. We, we do. <laughs> right. Look, I, Eddie Murphy out here. I'm, I'm Eddie Murphy right now, okay? I'm telling you, we're going to chop up the green peppers. We're going to put it in the hamburger meat, and it's going to be good enough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All 
All right, we we feel decent enough about this Boston Celtics loss. It's yeah. a team that's three and one, man. We feel good about the Charlotte Hornets team. Now we focused a little on the negative with Mason Plumlee, maybe a little bit towards the end of the game on, on the plays that lost them that contest against Boston. You know, there, there are things you can learn from, right? I don't think we're bashing. It's just those yeah. were the defensive possessions and breakdowns that led to the Celtics winning that game. But there still is positives coming from this team mm-hmm. like Lamelo shooting seven three-pointers for him last night I it that continues to be the biggest wow factor from him in the sense that nobody saw that right like every, everybody that loved Lamelo, the the ball truthers they were saying he's too good of a playmaker to pass up he's got size to at least give him potential defensively alongside just being a good offensive player the finishing at the rim will come along. He's got a good floater game, right? Nobody was saying he was outright a good three point shooter. Yeah. Well, when he's been healthy, he's given you that. Yes. Like you still continue to need to see more of it to like go all the way in that. This is just how he's going to be for his career, but not all he keeps doing is, is is putting up a, a good field goal percentage in totality uh, barring the stretch of games that he had coming back from that broken wrist, yeah. that, that absolutely affected his shot. So, uh, you know, huge tip of the cap in that facet of the game for LaMelo that is just unleashing um, something that we didn't expect. Absolutely. And the only thing is now at this point, if you're hitting threes at volume now, it's going to have to be a little bit more on him to attack the paint a little bit better. And granted, he did that against Brooklyn, and I cannot cannot be any more complimentary of him because it didn't work and he attacked the basket. He's just got to do a little bit more of the attacking of the basket because there were a lot of times where he bailed out the defense, the defense for the Boston Celtics yep. by shooting those long threes. They work, but he fall, he gets a little too trigger happy happy. And I also know that um, Borrego has mentioned this before, so I get it. I really love the fact that he has become this shooter that has that you have to defend at a certain point also though got to attack the basket better he's got to be a three-level scorer for this team to take another step and i understand that possibly is not going to happen this year but this is one that's the next factor is to be that three-level score i know the mid mid range is dead and i know why it's dead but at the same time having that mid range might help him just a little bit more because those some of those step backs he does if he ma- masters it from a mid-range level, that's just going to open up everything at that point. Well, well, I think, man, I couldn't agree with you more because I, I completely agree with you with it, it seems like one or the other is working, right? Like when he's attacking the basket, then the three-point shot isn't really on. At least that's kind of been the trend this game. Um, I, I guess I guess against Indiana, I think he was doing some things well. He, he needs to finish at the basket against the, the Pacers a little more so. But you totally agree with you. It, when both of those aspects are hitting in the same game, that's when he truly becomes unstoppable and he's already just a crazy joy to watch now you know who is attacking the basket nada mm-hmm. it's one miles bridges yep who was named eastern conference player of the week for the first week of the season it's only the second time in charlotte hornets history it's ever happened kimba walker being the other recipient miles bridges is also the 13th player ever in hornets history to receive a player of the week honors now what's great about this is that this is somebody that is continuing his ascent you're hoping that yep. he hasn't reached his ceiling yet. Clearly, he hasn't, right? Go A guy going into his fourth year into the NBA, and I've, I put out the extra point feature on him. I tweeted this out last night. You know, at, at least right now, 
Miles Bridges is playing like an all-star. He is. He's attacking the basket. One of the biggest problems for him, even coming out of high, uh, even coming out of college, I should say, it was not going to the free throw line as much, not having as many free throw attempts. Well, now he's averaging per game double more than he has at any other point in his career. Yeah. And so what you're saying, hopefully that continues throughout the course of a season, but not a, he is attacking now. Yeah. You might think dude took 10, three pointers last night. That's way too much. And you're probably right. Like I'd like to see him attack a little bit more so because it is working for him, but he is extremely efficient right now. And I do think he's still a good three point shooter from the 40% he shot last year. And he, he had a good percentage coming into this game before he missed eight uh, out of the 10 that he took. But Miles, man, he's playing so yes, well right is. now. And even defensively, Nada, I thought did a pretty good job on Jason Tatum. It's just Tatum was making really good jump shots. Like he was just a shot maker last night. But you and I both have loved what we've seen from Miles as uh, as um, has the entire Hornets community. Now, mind you, here's how great Miles Bridges is. Do you, now, now, Walker, do you want to know who the most efficient volume scorer is thus far? Granted, it's only four games. But do you want to know the most efficient volume scorer is in, in the league right now? Are you telling me who I think it is? It is Miles Bridges. He is better than Kevin Durant. He's better than Sabonis. Better than Towns. Better than Paul George. Better than John Morant, Zach Levine, Steph Curry, Jalen Brown. And oh, yeah, you know who's also in that top 10 list? That would be one LaMelo Ball as well. That's At nice 1.21 points per possession. Only has 20, 20% usage rate for the season right now, according to Second Synergy. This guy is on a heater that is uh, that I cannot believe is, uh, is he's on the heaters of all heaters. And you know what? That's awesome. And remember how I thought, hey, Mikhail Bridges, he, that's the cap. No, Miles Bridges is getting the max. I'm not expecting him to keep this up right now because obviously there's going to be those slumps. <laughs> but this guy might this guy is going to get a max. I was dead wrong about what he could do, but the just everything that he does with his game has just become much more efficient. He's finishing at the rim much more efficiently. He's making free throws more efficiently. He is hitting threes at an efficient rate. The step back game of his yeah. high key is very, very good and kind of advanced for someone 23, 24 years old. And at, I said yesterday, I didn't think that he could be a three full time. I might be wrong about that. In those big lineups, he may be able to pull that off. But to be the most efficient guy through four games, it, it, like amongst guys that are typically known as efficient scorers, that is something that I think we need to take more note of. Granted, it's going to drop off, but I don't think it's dropping off that much. Like if he averages yeah. 19, 19, 19 and a half, 20 games, 20 points a game this season, it's not going to surprise me. And at the same point, this is really kind of awesome to see, and it makes you believe much more in the Hornets' ability to grow their players and develop their players into something that typically you don't necessarily see. Yeah, I mean, and, and Miles, I mean, he's been fantastic, as we've talked about. And I, going back to the free throw mark just for a second, I guess it's only happened in two games. You really want to see him be a little more consistent in that regard. He goes four of four from the line against Indiana. He goes 11 of 12 from the line against Brooklyn. He didn't take any free throws against Cleveland, uh, despite taking 24 shots. And he only took one free throw last night against Boston. So you're hoping that becomes more consistent, but not a, just to see 12 free throw attempts. 
attempts. I mean, we know he's great at him. He's yep. an 86% free throw shooter just last season, close to 87. You know, he's flirting mm-hmm. with the 50-40-90 club. So if he takes more, that means good offense for the Charlotte Hornets. And LaMelo Ball can lead him down that path. Miles himself can ISO a little bit now. And you have to respect that jump shot considering what he's done. Yeah, I, I can't I can't say enough about the improvement, you know, and, and it seems like Miles not only just the counting stats and the efficiency and we talk about all of that, but it does seem like this guy's attitude really does work hard as cliche as that is a lot of the NBA players work hard and we get that. But Miles does seem to have this type of angle where Borrego is praising him. He's become a vocal leader. You know, we trust Miles. He really took a big step up when this team needed him to because of all the injuries they did last season. And Miles has taken right uh, taken up right where he left off. And you love to see it as a Hornets fan. Like I was looking at some of the players that he's going to compete with in the front court. He's going to be on the fringe. Like I if if you if you were to if you were to force me to make a bet, I I mean I I'd no. probably no. not bet on no. it, but I do like I don't I don't, you know me I don't want to mislead people I don't want to give out this crazy hyperbole stuff, but you know how this stuff happens especially with his popularity you know like if Miles if he's out here getting Eastern Conference Player of the Week the first week of the season. The dunks are going to constantly get attention. Playing with LaMelo is going to get attention. If the Hornets outperform expectations the first half of the season, that's going to get attention. And if Miles is a big reason for that, then, you know, you're talking about him possibly getting into that front court voting, a front court voting process and being on the team. I, I just think it's conceivable. It is conceivable. I really don't know exactly. Like, there's a lot of this that feels like because there's one other factor that we got to throw in here, and the fact is that this all-star game is in Cleveland. Who's really going to want to be in Cleveland in the middle of February? So we may see people have an injury here, have an injury there. Right, exactly. And so that throws this calculus off as well. I don't know, man. Like It feels, one of, it feels like one of those things that's going to be really, really tight, and it really depends on who performs, who's injured, who's not. And if he sustains this, and I'm not sure that this per- current pace is sustainable for him. Now, if you're going to tell me that there are going to be some other, like he stays about a 20, 21 percent, 20, 21 point per game score. Cool. Then I can see that happening. But that's the only way it, this happens is if he continues to sustain a 20 point pace. And I'm not sure he can do that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the scoring output once Terry Rozier comes back. Um, who who is also a 20 point per game score who's also going to let it fly from deep and and you do want him to shoot it from three point land the guy's an excellent three point shooter and then maybe it, we'll see what happens with Gordon but there I, I don't think Gordon's going to affect Miles scoring no, as no. much I, I think I think Terry just the fact that you're missing such a volume score like Terry I think that might take into it but again you know Miles is playing really well so we'll see what happens at the end of the season and really at the halfway point of the season all right that'll do it for Lockdown Hornets thanks as always for joining us tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA Hollinger and Duncan really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network have a great day and we will be back with you tomorrow 